All right, Psalm 3. Let's open tonight in a word of prayer, and then we'll look at that together tonight. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for this night together. As we look into your word, I pray that it would challenge us and help us to be the kind of people that you want us to be and to be obedient to your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Psalm 3, the Bible says, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Selah. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice and he heard me out of his holy hill. Selah. Selah means think about that. So he's used that word twice in this psalm. He's going to use it one more time. Verse 5, I laid me down and slept. I awaked for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of the ten thousand of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people, Selah. Now, you might wonder why I have a picture of Trevor, Micah, and Elijah behind me in a treehouse. I remember when we first moved into that house, some of you boys were afraid to climb up to the top of that treehouse. In fact, Elijah wasn't even born when we lived in that house or when we moved in but he started to grow and now you see him up in the top of the treehouse how did elijah get the courage to climb to the top of the treehouse well elijah saw his brothers do it but even when we first moved there trevor and micah were too little to climb up into the top of the treehouse but over time they learned to climb up step by step and Pretty soon they were in the top of the treehouse. Now, the first time when you were in the top of the treehouse, mommy was a little afraid about you being in the top of the treehouse that you might fall out because of the slats that you could slide between. But after time and practice and getting used to it, you became comfortable in the treehouse and you knew that you were safe in the treehouse. And mommy knew you were safe in the treehouse because you had played in the treehouse lots and lots and you were used to it. And you were comfortable being there. In Psalm 3, we're reading about David, and he is in a place of trouble. Many people think that David wrote this psalm about the time when he was fleeing from the capital, fleeing from his castle or his palace, and running from his son Absalom. That's a whole other story for another time, but... Basically, the Bible tells us that David's son Absalom was chasing after him, trying to kill him and take away his life. Now, David was the king. But because of some things that David had done, and because of some rebellion in the heart of Absalom, he came to Jerusalem with the goal of destroying his father and taking away the kingdom from his father. So David had fled out into the country to get away from Absalom and all of the soldiers that were with Absalom. 
Now here's David. Imagine him. He's not a young man at this point. He's an older man. He's not in his home. He's away from his home. He had fled his kingdom. And you've got to remember, David, he was a mighty king. I mean, even as a boy, he killed Goliath, right? And then when he became king, he was known as one of the most powerful kings that the nation of Israel ever had. He had defeated enemies left and right and set up a great kingdom there in the land of Israel. But now here's David. He's fleeing. He's running. He's scared for his life. And he's out in the country. And notice what he says again in verse 1. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? In other words, there's lots and lots of people that are against me, that are my enemies, that are trying to hurt me. He said, many are they that rise up against me. People that had been David's advisors, people that had been David's friends, they had turned their backs on David. People who had served David faithfully, now they no longer served him. And David was running for his life. Notice what he says in verse 2. He says, Many there be which say of my soul, There is no help for him in God. David had enemies on every side. He was surrounded. And because he was surrounded, people said, There's no hope for him. God's forsaken him. It's over. But you know, even when we're surrounded by trouble, God, if we're his child, is still with us. God still protects and cares for His children. I can think of stories over and over in the Bible of how that was true. Of Daniel in the lion's den. Right? He's down in the lion's den. He's thrown down in there. There's lions all around. But none of them would bite him. Why? Because God had closed their mouths, didn't He? I can think of Daniel's friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They wouldn't bow down to the golden idol. And so King Nebuchadnezzar said, throw them in the burning, fiery furnace. And they did get thrown in the burning, fiery furnace, didn't they? But God protected them. The Bible says they didn't even get burned up. I want to read to you one other story from the Bible, though. This is a really neat story. If you have your Bible, turn to 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 6. Second Kings chapter 6. Now this is a story about Elisha. Now Elisha had gone to a city and he was living there in that city. And there was another king who was trying to attack the nation of Israel. And he sent armies to go attack Israel, but... Every time he did, the Israelites got away. He said, how is this possible? And someone said to him, well, there's a man of God and he lives in Dothan. We'll begin reading in verse 13. And he said, go and spy where he is that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him saying, behold, he's in Dothan. Therefore, (coughs) sent he thither horses and chariots, and a great host, and came by night, and compassed the city around. You know what a compass is, right? 
What does this compass draw? It draws circles, right? Yeah. So when the Bible says they compass the city around, that means the city was surrounded like a circle of soldiers all the way around the city. It says they compassed the city about, and when the servant of the man of God, that servant's name was Gehazi, when he rose up early, so he woke up really early in the morning, and gone forth, behold, an host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? Gehazi came running in and he says, What are we going to do? We're surrounded by horses and chariots. That sounds like David, doesn't it? Many there be that rise up against me. They say for my soul there is no help for him in God. What are we going to do? What did they do? Well, let's keep reading. He spoke to his master. He says, what are we going to do? Verse 16, and he, that's Elisha, answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are far more than they that be with them. He says, wait a minute. It's you and me, Elisha, and we're surrounded by horses and chariots. And you're saying, don't be afraid. Now, we sang a song tonight about not being afraid, didn't we? How can I fear when Jesus is near? The Bible tells us very clear, clearly that God has not given us the spirit of fear. Second Timothy, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You see, Elisha's servant was afraid, but not Elisha. David should have been afraid, and yet... He wasn't afraid. We don't read about his fear in Psalm number three. Why wasn't he afraid? Why wasn't Elisha afraid? And why shouldn't you be afraid when trouble comes? You weren't afraid when you were up in that treehouse. Why? Because you'd done it before. You'd been there. You'd experienced it and you knew it was safe. Elisha knew it was safe. He knew God was going to protect him because God had always protected him. And God was his father. And why would a father stop protecting his son all of a sudden? Why would a parent stop protecting their child one day when they protected them the day before? Elisha said to his servant, fear not. They that be with us are more than they be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. Gehazi probably thought, why is he praying that? My eyes are open. Maybe he was even peeking during the prayer. We don't know. But Elisha said, Lord, open his eyes. He thought, why do my eyes need to be open? But the Bible says the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. And he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire around Elisha. Wouldn't that be awesome? These enemies, these soldiers are coming to get you. And they have their big armies and their swords and their spears and all their stuff. And you look around and you think, oh, look, they're all coming. And then all of a sudden, you look around and surrounding those soldiers are the guys on your side. But they aren't just any old soldiers and horses. They're chariots of fire. That would be awesome, wouldn't that be? Ooh, I get goosebumps just thinking about that. Do you have those? 
Yes, that's exciting to think about. But you know, boys and girls and moms and dads, God cares for us the same way that He cared for those people. And God protects us the same way. We've been talking about prayer. And this is a prayer of David to God. A prayer for protection. Yes, he looked around him and he saw all the trouble. He saw all the enemies surrounding him. He saw all the difficulty. He saw all the struggle. And yet, even though everybody else, or at least it felt like to David, many other people were against him, he knew that God had not left him. You see, David understood who God was and what he was like. And we must understand who God is and what He's like if we're going to stand strong in, in struggling times and not fall prey to fear. What did David understand about God? Look at verse 3 of Psalm 3. Psalm 3, verse 3. The Bible says this, But Thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of mine head. David gives three things about God in this verse. He first says, God is my shield. What does a shield do? It protects us from arrows, right? It protects us from the blows of a sword or the thrusts of a spear. A shield protects us. And David understood that God was his protector. God is our protector. The same God of David is the God that we serve. David served Jehovah, the one true God, the God who was and is and is to come. And we serve that same God today. God is our protector. Boys, when you climbed up in that tree house, you didn't get afraid and think, oh no, now I'm going to fall. No, you knew that you were safe up there because the tree house held you up. It was comfortable. You didn't think, oh, well, today it might not be safe. No, you knew it was safe because it's always been safe, right? God is our protector, and we can trust in Him to always protect us because He always has. And you say, but can God allow, then why do bad things happen sometimes to people? Well, because God still allows it, but He's still protecting us. David was in a difficult situation. God had allowed some major problems to happen, but God was still with him, wasn't He? God hadn't left him. Serving God doesn't mean that everything's always easy and there's never hard times or never times where we're sad or upset or even feeling like we're afraid. But when we look to God, we don't have to fear because God is with us even in the hard times. God was with David and David understood that God was his protector, his shield. David says that the Lord was also his glory. God was David's protector and God was David's purpose, his glory, what he was focused on. David understood that his life was to bring glory to God in everything he did. And so he knew if God was allowing something difficult in his life, he knew it was to bring glory to the Lord. We quote this verse at camp a lot when I was growing up. 1 Corinthians 10.31 And the Bible says this, Whether therefore ye eat or drink, or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Trevor, what should the purpose of your life be? Micah, what should the purpose of your life be? To serve God and to obey. Yeah, to bring glory to God, right? 
David understood that. David said, God, you're my purpose. You're my focus. You're where I'm trying to live my life and who I'm trying to live my life for. And so I can trust in you. God, you're my protector. You're my purpose. And then he says, and the lifter up of my head. When do you often need your head lifted up? When you're bowed down, you're sad, you're discouraged. You need somebody to come lift you up and encourage you. David said, God, you're my encourager. You're my provider. You're the one that helps me. In the New Testament, Jesus said when he left that he would leave a comforter, the Holy Spirit, the one who comes alongside us and encourages us and leads us into truth and guides us into righteousness and convicts us of sin. You see, God is our, the lifter up of our head. David understood this about God. When we think right about God, when we understand who God is, it helps us in every kind of circumstance. David understood who God was. Do you understand who God is and what He's done for you? David, because he understood who God was, in verse 4, was able to call out to the Lord. He said, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. And this is a wonderful encouragement. It says, and he heard me. Wouldn't it be sad if you called and nobody answered? If you were lost all by yourself and you yelled out, help! But all you heard was your own voice echoing back. That'd be leave you pretty empty feeling, wouldn't it? You'd be pretty scared probably. I know I would be. But David said, I cried to the Lord and he heard me. God listens when we call out to him. When we put aside our own strength and our own abilities and we call out and say, Lord, help. This is what David was doing. He was crying out to the Lord. He said, I cried out with my voice and he heard me out of his holy hill. God's in heaven. He's high and lifted up. He's in this holy place. But even in heaven, God still hears your prayers. Isn't that wonderful? David thought it was so wonderful, he put the word Selah in there. Let's think about that for a little bit. That when I call out to the Lord, the Lord hears my call. You see, David was surrounded by enemies, but he was sustained by God. He knew that God was his protector, that God was the object of David's glory. He gloried in the Lord. He was the one who had given David his throne and would restore him to it. David had confidence in God because he knew that God would hear his prayers. David knew God answered his prayer because he had prayed for protection and God provided it. Notice verse 5, he says, I laid me down and slept. Somebody that's really scared and really afraid, they don't lay down and sleep. No, they're sitting up wide awake. Just like kids at night when they go in their room and they're afraid of the dark. They don't sleep. They sit there and stare with their eyes open in the dark. And yet, isn't it funny when you close your eyes and sleep? It's dark. What changed? It wasn't the darkness. It's what was inside of you, right? The darkness wasn't the problem. Your fear was the problem, right? David said, I could lie down and sleep. 
I wasn't afraid because I knew that God hears my prayers. David had prayed for protection. He said, I lied, laid down and slept and I await for the Lord sustained me. David understood that even going to sleep at night and waking up in the morning is because God is sustaining us. You see, when we live in a place that sort of basic of a place of life, so simple that we understand that God takes care of everything. Did you know God made it possible for you to wake up this morning? Did you know God made it possible for you to eat supper tonight? God gives you the strength to breathe, right? He gives you everything. God gave you these brains so that you could think and you could learn and you could read and you could play games. Yeah, God loves us. And He takes care of us. David says, the Lord sustained me. If I'm playing the piano and there's in the music, it says sustained. Do you know what that mean? means in the music? Right, it's to hold, right? There's a sustained pedal that you press and it makes the sound carry on and on and on. Now when David says, the Lord sustained me, that's like, the Lord is carrying me on and on and on. He doesn't ever let me go. He's there to care for me all the way. You know, this is so important, not just for boys and girls, but for adults too. Because there are times that we as grown-ups get afraid and get scared and not sure what to do. And we feel like everything's a struggle and nothing's going right. And yet we can trust in the Lord because God is our sustainer. He cares for us and keeps us. He protects us. He's our shield. He's our glory. He's the lifter up of our head. David in confidence in what God would do because of how God had protected him the previous night. That's why you read in verse 6. He says, I won't be afraid. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people. David knew if God could protect me against Goliath, if God could protect, protect me while I slept last night, if God could protect me every day until now, then why would I be afraid of ten thousands? Because if God be for us, who can be against us? You see, we are afraid because we're trying to live in our own strength. We fear things because we can't see the future and we're afraid of how it might turn out. But if we truly understand that God is our shield, that God is our glory, that God is the lifter up of our head, that He's our protector and our provider, that He's our sustainer, that He's our purpose for life, then we don't have to be afraid, even if 10,000 surround us. Because God is on our side. David had confidence in what God would do. David had confidence in what God had done. How God had worked in the past and how God would protect him in the future. Notice he says in verse 6, I'm not going to be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. From a human perspective, David, it was over. It was, he was done for. He was surrounded by his enemy. Right? If I said, alright, I'm going to have an army come. And you think, oh, I'll sneak out the back door. But you go out the back door and the army is surrounded the whole place. What are you going to do now? You think, well, I'm going to fight them. But there's too many, right? There's 10,000 of them. 
Oh, then I'm going to fly my airplane. But I'm surrounded. They're all around me. By the time I get in my plane, I'm caught. I'm done. But David said, I'm not going to be afraid. Even though, humanly speaking, they have set themselves, right? They said, we're going to do this and we're going to surround him. We're going to catch him. See, people can make plans. They can work on stuff. They can, they can plot and they can plan and they can scheme to figure out a way to get people. And yet, God can still protect us. And God can still provide for our needs. Where was David's hope? David's hope was in the Lord. That's why he says in verse 7, Arise, O Lord. That's a good word. Arise, O Lord. Save me, O my God. For thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. He calls for God to arise up and to destroy his enemies. But notice he speaks it in the past tense. It's like David had so much confidence in God. He says, arise. That's like a present command. And then he says, because thou hast smitten. You did this. You hast broken the teeth. It's like he's asking God to do something, but he's speaking in the past tense, which is like him saying, God, I have so much faith that you're going to do this that it's like you've already done it. That's confidence. David knew that God could protect him. I love the imagery that he uses because he says, you've smitten my enemies upon the cheekbones like you've broken their jaw. He says, you've broken the teeth of the ungodly. Think about those two animals that we know that David fought and killed, a lion and a bear. Lions and bears have strong claws and strong paws. But what do we really think about when we think about a lion and a bear? <sighs> Big teeth. Powerful jaws. That can snap bones in half just with a single crunch. <sighs> and yet, the Bible tells us that David took a lion and he took a bear. He, he killed them with his own hands. Now, when David's talking here, he says, Lord, you have smitten them upon the jaw. You've broken out all their teeth. I like the picture of this. It's like God has come in close and He's dealt a fatal blow to David's enemies. God was close, wasn't He? God was nearby. God is everywhere. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. And even though the enemies, they were close, they were surrounding David, God got even closer and He took out their best attack, their teeth, right? If an animal doesn't have teeth, like a lion, if it had no teeth, do you know what happens to that lion? It'll die. Because it can't kill its food and it can't eat the food that it kills. So he's giving a picture like this. This enemy is a terrible, ferocious beast. But now you've completely taken away all of that beast's power. And you've made it useless and weak and David says God he's going to save me God's going to take away all my enemy's power and make him weak and you know that's exactly what happened in the story when David was running God took one of David's advisors that's one of the men that gave him counsel gave him good plans of what to do and he had that man go back to speak with Absalom. And God caused Absalom to believe the counsel 
of David's friend instead of the counsel of another man. Even though the other man was giving better battle advice. Why did Absalom believe him? Because God was protecting David from his enemies. There were people that were out to get him, and yet God protected him. And David finishes off the psalm in verse 8. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon the people. You see, even though David was surrounded by enemies, he knew that he was sustained by God, and he knew ultimately that there is salvation that comes from the Lord. There is deliverance, ultimate deliverance. You see, sometimes we're going through a difficult time. We say, God, where are you? I need you to sustain me. And God will. He'll sustain us. But you know, when you're going through a difficult time, ultimately there's salvation and deliverance even from those hard times. So that someday as a believer, we're not going to have any more hard times. The Bible tells us we're going to go to a place where there's no more night, where there's no more tears, where there's no more suffering, where there's no more pain, where there's no more struggle. God's going to deliver us. David understood that salvation belongs to the Lord. This is David teaching us where salvation comes from. He says it comes from the Lord. David knew that his salvation didn't come from his armies. It didn't come from Joab and his his mighty men. It came from the Lord. We can trust in a lot of things, can't we? In our wisdom or our ability to speak or our, our experience. But none of those things can save us like God can. David was running for his life and he was reminded that God was his protector And the Lord was his salvation. Jonah, who we talked about last week in here, was reminded of this when he was at the depths of the blue sea. When he was running from God, and God caused him to be swallowed by the great fish. And he was taken down to the depths, and he cried out to the Lord. And Jonah said something very similar to this. Salvation is of the Lord. You see, when we pray, we can trust God and have confidence that He's going to care for us it doesn't always look like we want it to look david was out there in the field and yet god was still protecting him he wasn't in his palace he was out there hiding in a pit but god still protected him didn't he And no matter what we have in our lives no matter what we face as christians because we're children of the king and our father is rich and he has it all and he's in control of it all we can trust that salvation belongs to the Lord and that His blessing is upon His people. That's what he says here in verse 8. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Fathers take care of their children. God takes care of us. And He'll never leave us or forsake us. And we can be confident in that. Sometimes children think their fathers have left them. Like when dads say, jump, I'll catch you. I say, no, dad, I don't think you'll catch me. But they still do catch him, right? Even though it looks a little scary. Sometimes trusting God's like that too. We say, oh, it looks a little scary. But you can trust 
God's much better than an earthly father. He will always catch you, always protect you. We serve a great God, don't we? David understood that, and we need to understand that as well. All right.